Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my chip ups, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. You are back for episode 28. We're in season two here, still grinding away. I know we don't have a card this weekend, but you're not getting rid of us that easily. So the schedule this week, Kobe, it's looking like we're going to do this episode, which is a recap of the pay-per-view, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. And then we're going to come back with Set the Spread. Bringing it back. Yeah, bringing it back for this upcoming pod. We do have a full panel here today. We got Parker, Kobe, and Danny. Uh, and there's definitely going to be some beef here tonight because we were uh, we were all opposed – or we were not all opposed, but the MCC recap will be necessary because I finally gained some ground, and we'll just start. Uh, so we're not doing the three stars of the week this week because of the fact that we're not going to do a full uh, pod. We're just doing a recap. So we'll be able to spend a little more time on the actual recap itself, and so we don't need to shorten it at all. So we're just going to go up the card – from the fights uh, that took place on the undercard and the main card. So starting it off, we have Amir Albazi versus the guy Zugulov. Um, and that was a decision. It, it went Albazi's way. Who wants to, who wants to take the, start this one off? I, mean, I see Dan's eager to jump in. Yeah, I, I'll definitely jump in because it's a curtain jerker. I spent a lot of time capping these because uh, I usually think there's a pretty significant edge. This one I was on the wrong side of, and it set my uh, – my night on a bad turn. Zalgazumagulov looked great in round one. He looked like the heavier puncher. He looked like he was the more busier fighter. Um, he, I think he took round one on almost everyone's scorecards. And then from there, he just started to fade. The gas tank, the cardio wasn't there. And I think Albazi took the next two, at least on my scorecard. And I think officially too, was unanimous. Albazi yeah. um, just looked like, he, he was ready to fight for 15 minutes when Zalgis wasn't. Yeah, and the thing about – the thing that surprised me about the gas tank fade was just the fact that it's at flyweight. You rarely see that at these lower divisions. There's a lot of less uh, – There's they're not as uh, ginormous muscle-bound freaks, so they usually don't need as much oxygen, and they can go a lot a lot longer. So I, I saw that as well. I could almost – I almost live bet uh, Elbazi actually because I could see him start to fade, and it happened fast. I – I laid off. Uh, so move, So we had a catchweight bout. This was at, I think we said 150. It was Nick Lentz versus uh, Movzar Evelev. Evelev advances to 14-0. Nick Lentz lost a unanimous decision. And retired. And, and retired as well. Which, by the way, there might have been a second retirement on this card as well. It's up in the air. We'll get to that later. That's a big question mark around this card. What happened to Hooker? Kind of surprised that hasn't been fleshed out to this point. Yeah. We're sitting here on Wednesday. I know. I it's still confusing. I don't think anyone really knows. I know he was, was back watching, in the gym on Tuesday. Well, I was watching the presser with Dana White, and he was saying like he doesn't talk to anybody other than Habib, so he didn't really know what was going on. But yeah, there was nothing too much to. I don't like if you missed the Nick Lentz fight, I wouldn't be like, oh, you missed the sweet fight. You know, it was, it was a very Nick Lentz fight, um, and it was yeah. a very I'm sorry, I've loved fight. Yeah, and Evel- it was clearly an Evelyn fight. That's how he wanted it. Mm-hmm. So if you took the over, the decision, you're sitting pretty. That was that would have worked out well for you. So that was it for the early prelims. That was 
on ESPN plus then moving on to the prelims, which was actually on ESPN, the first fight. And this is one that I know surprised everybody with, with how it went. It was Khalil Roundtree Jr. Versus Marcin Practico. Not only did Practico cash as a massive dog, almost 300 or oh into 300s, but it also went to decision and the under, I know we talked about as a possible play here. I believe it might've made it into the parlay of the week. Don't quote me on that though. But that, that fight was really interesting. I could tell right out the gate, the pacing scared me. The pacing scared me. They both respected each other's hands. And Pradnigo also, dude, that man's got a chin on him for a light heavyweight. He wore some ones dead on the button, not only on the tempo, but also on the jaw. And he just kept, kept in it. I'm glad you mentioned his chin because his durability to me was kind of his, his most redeeming factor. I don't know how he got this decision. I feel bad for those who bet Roundtree. I'm, yeah. I'm happy I stayed away from this one. This is a classic poor decision on a big night, big pay-per-view. But, yeah, I reset it well. I'm, I'm surprised this one went as long as it did with these guys swinging. And, yeah, Pracnio might have managed to save his job in the UFC, maybe. Well, what's crazy to me about this one is usually when you see these guys who – so it's for those who bet – a lot on the sport it's not too uncommon to see a fight that you expect to go way under to lean over because usually the fighters respect each other's power i the one that comes to mind for me is Derek lewis francis and ganu everybody was on the under everybody and it was the slowest fight of all time maybe 10 total strikes thrown so this one here it really surprised because practicals never left the first round and so the fact that he was able to not only leave the first round, but take dance all the way to decision and then not only go to decision, but vision, that's something that I did not see coming in any regard. Like that was not in the cards for me. Ooh, so this one, I really want to get Danny's opinion on. So, so anyways, practical one, uh, the biggest dog to cash on this card. The next fight is a women's bantamweight fight. And if this isn't going to get Danny to actually swear off betting MMA, women's MMA, I don't know what is. Sarah McMahon versus Juliana Pena. Juliana Pena subbed her. Round three, minute 30 left to go. Sarah McMahon, for those who didn't catch this one, easily was up 2018 on my card. Won the first two rounds decisively. Spent a lot of time on top. What happened? I mean, what happened here? I've got no answer for you. It it seemed like she just, I mean, I, I can't even say she quit. It's just, it's a woman's MMA. I hate yeah, it. Yeah. And, and then the, the interesting thing too, that I think would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't add, did you hear Juliana Pena's call out after that? Was it, was she the one that called out Valentina? No, she called out Nunez. Amanda. She no. called out Amanda, yeah. So you're telling me that you're going to lose two rounds to McMahon, get a lucky sub in the third when you were probably losing the third too, and you're going to call out the champ? She's just in the spotlight. She was She was saying that well, she, new, new, Amanda's been ducking her. Like, none of that's real. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. She claims Amanda's been ducking her. What do you think? Do we believe that, panel? Amanda's been ducking Juliana Pena? We no. get a <laughs> unanimous thumbs down. Yeah, zero chance. So that one was tough. Danny, did that make it on your official scorecard? It made it on my official card. It was for multiple units as well. Sarah McMahon, I figured the Olympian would dominate. And And she was, too. That's the worst part. 13 minutes. She was. Do you know – you would be the only one on the pod to know this. Do you know what McMahon is as far as a belt goes in jiu-jitsu? 
I don't. No. It wouldn't I mean to get caught like that after leading was it was an absolute bummer. I I felt I felt your pain on that one. Unfortunately for Danny, the pain absolutely does not stop there. So um, the next fight's a middleweight bout. Brad Tavares versus uh, Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, Brad Tavares actually closed as a dog here, which is was surprising me. There's a lot of line movement as we talked as we talked about in the main pod. This one went to a decision as well. I can't remember if it was split or unanimous, but it was a decision in the middleweight. Unanimous. Um, or it was unanimous. Okay, so unanimous. 30-27, right. 30-27, 30-26. I, I remember the fight being pretty one-sided for Brad Tavares. He kind of picked him apart. Didn't he, like prevented every takedown. Carlos Jr. did get saved, though, for, I mean, still lost the fight, but, like, getting kneed in the nuts. Oh, like, yeah. While getting saved. But the fact that he – I'm surprised he didn't take the full time. Wasn't he wobbled too? And then he no, he, yeah, he was going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that happen a lot in these fighters. They're so obsessed with the idea that they're gonna, they don't want to look like a baby. So they're not going to take the full five minutes. But Ed Herman, when he gets kicked in the chest and called a nut shot, oh, he milked thing all the way down, got his wits back about him. That's a veteran play out of Ed Herman. So, yeah, so that, that middleweight bout was okay. I'm glad. Yeah, now that we're talking about it, I, had a, I, was, I was drinking for sure on this night. But yeah, it was a unanimous decision, pretty dominant based on the scorecards. I'm not totally sure where Carlos Jr. goes from here. I know he was on the cusp of those middleweight rankings. I know Tavares has bounced in and out of the high teens. So those guys are definitely not, I mean, middleweight's not the deepest division in the world, but we'll see where they go from here. I don't think any of them are, either of them are, or Carlos Jr. is going to get the pink slip. So, the, pre- uh, the prelim main event was Amar Tarsukian versus Matt Fervola. This fight only happened because Ottoman got cut from the UFC for the whole thing that if you haven't heard by now, you're under a rock. And then Matt Fervola's opponent, I believe, missed weight. I'm not 100% sure, but it was... He COVID situation. COVID situation. Some kind of illness, yeah. Okay, illness. So... We had an illness, and and these guys luckily were able to match up at lightweight, both ready to fight. So this wasn't covered on the main pod. However, the line was massive. Tarsukian was minus like six or seven hundred, and it showed. He he got the unanimous decision, uh, round three. So, any notes to take away on this one? I, I Tarsukian looked as good as as expected. Yeah, he looked as good as he possibly could have. Obviously, Fervola is a little bit. Uh, a worse competition than Nazrat, I think, was going to be. But Sarik Gallon looks like a real belt contender in this 155 division post could be. Absolutely. I saw the same thing. And you and you love you, your prospects. But Favola is a guy that I didn't think was going to get rolled over like that. Like when I saw the minus 680 line, I understood it and I stayed away. But I also was surprised by the performance uh, on, by both these men. So the prelims gifted us with or cursed us with it looks like six decisions and one finish five decisions one finish so it was it was a if you like the technical chess mass it was it was good but if you were looking for the finishes it was definitely a little bit slow however this is not the case for the main card this main card had, had four finishes out of the five all four of the finishes being by KOTKO so we'll kick it off with Marina Rodriguez, who was plus 330-ish against Amanda Hibas. Also, to be noted, 
Danny, did you notice in the broadcast they were calling her Rodriguez? Isn't that yeah. her name? Danny and I called that. The name, I think, is, is Rodriguez. We're going to stick with it. It is Rodriguez. So we look like absolute clowns. I died on that hill. Yeah, uh, I, I'm still going to die on that hill. She is – or now it's too late. But Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Hibas, it was a massive line there. Amanda, uh, Rodriguez cashed at plus 330. And I actually liked that spot there, and Danny did as well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, do you have the MCC results, Kobe? For this DK fight? was the only one on Rodriguez. Okay, great pick, Danny. I'll let you. I'll let you take it off. I, that line was humongous, so that you saw something. Yeah, this was another one that uh, made me a little bit of money, but was not on my official card for Saturday. Um, the weird thing about it that I think I called out in the last episode was that. Rodriguez was a minus 220 favorite going into the Esparza matchup, and it was stylistically the exact same as this Amanda Hibas one, except for Hibas isn't as good of a wrestler. He, she's a better once the fight actually gets to the mat, but Carla is much better with the takedowns, and we saw what happened when you can't take Rodriguez down. She's got strong hands. She's got great striking, and she absolutely put Hibas out. Even that Herb Dean, like, went in and like tried to stop it or whatever that mumbo jumbo was, but a little too close for comfort. Yeah. They were, so I was about to bring that up. It was a controversial double stoppage. Uh, Dean comes in, gets very close, practically touching. Uh, Rodriguez walks away, acts like she got the dub, which she ended up getting. And then the fight was still on. She came back in and, and he boss like still didn't have her wits about her. So it was not the end of the world, but that was a one of the weirder stoppages I've seen in a very. But long. he never touched her. He was, but he was breathing. It was he was right there. He made the motion to touch her like really close, almost to the point where like he like leaned over them to break it up, and she pulled off. It was it was weird. It, it was weird. I I don't know where I side on it, but I think Herb's got to back up a little more. Who knows? If MMA just had a whistle, the whistle would have blown. Yes. 100%. If they had a whistle, whistles blown. Um, Performance bonus to Rodriguez, so, 50k. So, 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 yeah, that was a big dog there. I liked, I liked uh, Rodriguez's length. That's what I really liked, and you've mentioned it as a similar matchup to Esparza. It's just when you have a girl that's that long, and these fights tend to go to to decision. It's it's nice to be able to pick up those the distance striking, similar to Jukakian, you know. Um, next fight's a middleweight bout. Andrew Sanchez, who's on a nice little win streak there against uh, Mahmoud Muradov. And that ended in a round three KOTKO. But if I remember correctly, uh, Sanchez really didn't have a lot of moments in that fight. This was the only bright spot of my official gambling card. I was big on Muradov being the only MMA fighter under the money team. I was big on his striking. That obviously showed he put on a clinic against Sanchez. Uh, who I don't have any envy for how he feels today. Yeah. He's got to be hurting. No, 100%. And the other thing too, um, not about this one, but I, I do want to get mentioned is the line, I believe was pretty close. It flip-flopped. I think Murdov opened as the dog or moved into the favorite spot, but Kobe, what were the main card challenge? picks on this one did who had who this was one wasn't in the main card when we were picking because of the odds ah. of for bola ah okay so not in the main card when we were picking but i i personally didn't play this one i but I, I wasn't too sure i thought andrew sanchez looked great in his last time out and i wanted to keep my distance from this one but danny great pick on murdov 
and definitely a force to be reckoned with that middleweight division. Andrew Another Sanchez, 50K like, performance bonus for Murdoch. Yeah, he's not an easy guy to put out too. He's not. So at that thinner middleweight division, definitely someone to look out on. So moving up women's flyweight and this one, I know I had Jojo in the MCC. What was the MCC here? Reese was the only one on Jojo minus one twenty. Yeah. So it was, it, it, this line was a PK and it kept flipping back and forth. Jojo to me did exactly what I thought Jojo was going to do. She looked great and she looked great up against the cage in the clinch. Jessica, I, someone who was a former title challenger, and uh, Jojo is looking to get back to that spot after dropping that uh, most recent bout. I, do, I Jojo looked as good as ever to me. She looked great. Yeah, women's MMA. Damn, quiet. Bo- bo- boys on the peanut gallery to the left. Any, any idea, anything about this one or just continue trucking along? I continue trucking along. I, I was mad about the outcome, but it was right. Right. Also, hot take, Jojo's hot. That's where I'm at on that um like lightweight bouts so this one as you all know i believe was our ankle lock yep which is a tough look oh and two in, in the last two on those but what's our career long on that one kobe you got that in front of you nine and four something like that nine and four you're on it so you're still up money on that the other thing about this one the, the little sauce on the top is we decided to take a unanimous podcast Malort bet that Dan Hooker was going to stop the UFC newcomer, Michael Chandler that aged absolutely terribly. And we will be doing that this upcoming week or yeah, yeah, week from today's podcast. So if you want to see the highlights, follow us on Twitter. We post the small clip at videos of the disgusting Malort. And that is, I see Kobe ready to say it at ankle pick pod. If I don't have Malort, can I just drink bug spray? Like you say, it tastes. It is identical to bug spray. <laughs> no, no, no. That's way worse. We can't promote you drinking it bug is spray. Identical. But I'm nodding to you. Yes. Yeah, it was identical, but we'll we'll cut this part. Um, so lightweight co-main Hooker Chandler. Chandler comes in and absolutely stouches Hooker in a in a manner I didn't expect. I did not expect the KOTKO here. That's the last I mean, thing I expected. We we had seen Hooker eat clean. The best power that Dustin Poirier has to offer multiple throughout five rounds tired. I did not expect Michael Chandler to put him away with one overhand. No, me neither. And another thing, too, that I, needs to be mentioned is, is Michael Chandler a very serious contender here at lightweight? Have we overlooked? I mean, I was talking shit about him because he lost to Will Brooks twice. But is he – I mean, is he seriously – if Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier put on that type of performance – and then he gets apps. I know MMA math doesn't work out, but he gets absolutely murked by Chandler here. Am I overlooking Chandler's ability? Let's say Chandler Poirier fight for the belt. Chandler um, Oliveira fight. Where are I you? I think that's the matchup. I'm, a little, I'm still a little uneasy with, you know, the one time, one fight in the UFC, all of a sudden getting a title shot, but that's. I agree. I'm bullish, I, on, I'm bullish on Oliveira though. I'd like Oliveira, Dustin, Chandler, Gaethje, McGregor, Tony. McGregor's not going to fight. McGregor wants a rematch at Poirier. And as much as I hate to say it, and that for the title, and as much as I hate to say it, I think that's in the cards for the UFC. It's definitely in the cards because Connor's still the biggest draw in the sport. Which, um, which bothers why wouldn't, why wouldn't the UFC want to book Tony or Connor, guaranteeing them one end of the losing streak? I, know, I don't know if Connor wants that fight. Connor, like you said, Connor's not a getting a title fight. fight coming up next. No way. I'm not saying for a title. We didn't say that. Tony fight. No, I, I said that because it's, said bugs, that. 
if he does fight Poirier again before the summer, it is 100% going to be for a title. Poirier's not fighting. Dustin's not fighting Connor again for that title. He'll fight somebody else first. It could be Chandler. It could be Oliveira. It could even be Gaethje again. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I think my disappointing take to the, the pod is that that fight happens. Poirier McGregor, three, the trilogy, 1-1 one, one in April for the lightweight vacant title. Bottom line for me is that Chandler, I think, is still one fight away from the title shot in the UFC, and he's 34. So no. I don't think he's going to be a major factor in this division, but I think that he could be a uh, big flame for a, sh- a short burn. But where do you where do you set the line at, let's just say, a Chandler only verified? I think that's stylistically a bad matchup for Chandler. I, I, I think I've, stylistically – I mean, I think – well, bad matchup for both. We, we've got a main event to get into with an awesome performance. All right. I guess, I guess we're still sour about the lightweight co-main. We're leaving it here. We're going to move on to the lightweight main event where Danny's not going to get any less sour. Poirier McGregor, Poirier cashing at the plus 250 dog because the newbies ran that lineup and Danny was a part of it. KOTKO round two, straight right, right on the button. Out goes McGregor. But the better box nonetheless. I don't appreciate being booked in with the newbies. And yeah, you rode that line all the way to 310. I we had a fight about last pod. And and you know what? I, I don't hate my thinking. The value wasn't um, there. I don't hate my thinking. I definitely thought that Connor was gonna come with a better game plan defensively for calf kicks, which we've already talked about for a ton, are one of the most uh violent weapons in the sport right now. I'm disappointed in Kavanaugh's game plan. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sour. I'm sad that my guy got knocked out. I, I didn't like watching it. Um, I'm sour talking about it. I love Dustin Poirier. I've, I've said multiple times he's the most likable guy on the roster. But, man, I was sad Saturday night. I'm sad talking about it now. Um, and a guy that we all love, Connor, got knocked out. It's a guy that brought a lot of us into the sport, if we're going to be completely honest. Unlike my counterpart, I am ecstatic. I, I love Connor. Don't get me wrong, but I, I had the under as my only official play. So that hit. And I, and Dustin's a great guy. As Danny said, I, I like both these guys, but I think Dustin has worked his ass off to get to where he is. And I'm really happy to see that everyone, I mean, even during media day, no doubt. everyone, everyone no overlooked doubt. Dustin. And, and, and Connor and said I'm, really well, highest to highest, lowest lows in this sport. I'm not so much sad that he lost as I, sad that the, the spark wasn't there watching conor mcgregor there's a visual spark the guy is an animal and he was not he didn't have the same ferocity that i'm used to seeing and that was really really what disappointed me what most. happens when you make 200 million dollars that's he, the problem I mean, the I'm technicality the technical stuff he was still there he still won that first round he was still picking apart dustin until he couldn't walk um I think that he gave up once he saw that dustin ate his full left and his full right and didn't flinch so, Dan, Con- Connor did win the first round technically. And like you said, he, he looked there. It's, it's not, and he looked there against Cowboy, too. It's just the fact that not only, and again, I, I, I don't want to put words into his mouth or other people's actions, but like when you're getting hit in the face and you made $200 million and you're about to make three more million it's a lot harder to continue to have that type of energy and ferocity towards getting into the octagon. I see where you're coming from. Even if he's still technically there. He definitely wanted the six and maybe a performance bonus. 
No, he did. It's not that he didn't want to win. He wanted to win. It's just that, like, there's just a natural psychological thing that's hard to be. It's hard to be. It's hard to be. Connor yeah, on the come up was hungry. He want he wasn't doing it for the money. He was doing it because he wanted to Correct. be the first double Correct. champ. He wanted to get it done. He wanted to prove everyone wrong. Obviously, that's gone. There's the whole different mentality. Now, it's not the same spark. Now, let me ask you this. This is the most mature Conor McGregor I've ever seen. Not even close. His his he looked after all those games of throwing stuff at buses, getting arrested, getting uh assault allegations all this stuff he finally looks like he's grown into himself seems comfortable seems like he wants to be there wants to fight four times this year what do you see what do you think and i want to get everyone's opinion on this what do you think connor's year looks like i know we talked about potential matchups do you think he fights three or four times do you think he puts himself back in the title picture do you think he drops the next one next one and calls it i mean where where is connor here I'd hammer the under three and a half, including the one he has. I don't think he fights more than two more times this year. Um, I agree. Now, what about two and a half? That, that's where it gets unique. I mean, yeah. I mean, injuries and all that stuff. But, like, for me, what I'm worried about is Connor gets that Tony fight um, or, or a long-awaited Gaethje fight that I think a lot of people want to see bad. And Gaethje doesn't want to fight for the title until he gets one more win. So you put him against Gage, you put him against uh, Tony. Either way, it's going to sell like hotcakes. And he drops that one. And he drops that one. I do not see him stepping back in there. I don't see why. I don't see what his purpose is. I don't see his point. Am I crazy? Can he take like a Nate Diaz, like tune-up fight, and then step into something like that? Is, he, is that a tune-up fight? What if he loses? Is it going to be a one Well, then second? that's a problem, but I don't think he loses that fight. I'm well, not going to call it a tune-up fight because I have a lot of respect for Nate Diaz. Um, I don't see what the situation you're laying out, Reese. I don't see Connor losing the love for the sport because that's really – that's what's driven him since he was, what, well, 10 years well, old. We've seen him lose it. He we've, lost we've, it for seen, a bit. we've seen his motivations change. It was all still revolving around fighting. No, but we – Point more than ever, I think he's got all the money in the world. But he's only seen, doing it for the love of the sport. And it's I, him less recent, hungry, but I don't think it's he's going to quit. No, this most recent, this most recent fight is for the love of the sport. I agree hundred percent. And there might be other stuff like fame and whatever, but for the love of the sport. But we saw him lose it there for a little bit. He took a long layoff, fought Floyd, took another long layoff. Would it be out of the realm of possibility for him to drop another fight and say, you know what? I want to go to boxing. I want to go fight Jake Paul. I want to go fight um, fucking some he, random. He, he'll never fight Jake Paul. I, I, I was just throwing a name. Pacquiao is a realistic name. Fine, Pacquiao. Well, it doesn't matter. Pacquiao, Ryan Garcia. You can fill, but you can fill the name. It's it's Conor McGregor versus X in boxing, big money fight. I why would he continue to go into uh, the octagon? Potentially lose. I mean, he he loves being known as the goat. He loves being. And I mean, and he's a, I just you're right. He's very legacy driven. Um, but for the same reason that he's accepting those boxing matches, is the same reason he's not going to quit MMA until he, his body's done. He is legacy driven. He promised uh, whoever I think it was maybe his his first boxing coach at Crumlin that he wanted to win a WBC uh, belt, and that's why he's still so driven in boxing. Same reason he's, he's probably made promises to himself that 
he's not going to retire this MMA thing off a loss. Right. I don't see him walking away. But, but answer this. Answer this. He comes back and fights Gaethje or Ferguson. Does not matter. And drops it. What's I that? think it matters. Because <laughs> if, if he can't handle Dustin Poirier's leg kicks, he's done quick against Gaethje. No, I know. I'm saying it doesn't. I'm saying in in this hypothetical scenario, and he drops it. He drops the fight. Just say Gagey, but fights Gagey and drops the fight. Who? Who? What? What's next for Conor McGregor? And Nate Diaz. I I think that he's sticking around. Yeah, I mean, I I was gonna say like a, a type of legacy fight, like a cowboy fight. I mean, it already happened, but someone like that stature, like a Nate Diaz. Um, that's in the realm. I agree. He can hang out at 170, fight the Robbie Lawlers and the, the yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. Does he change weight classes at all? Is that a possibility he, for him? He's going everywhere from featherweight to lightweight, or I mean to welterweight, but he's most comfortable at lightweight. He won't go down. I mean, he won't that's go a down. Weird, it's a weird thing to say at this point because he's one and two at lightweight. I agree with you because I think that that's, I mean, where his body like looks the best. That's what I was saying. Yeah. His resume is by far the best at featherweight. Oh, 100%. But he's not – I don't see him looking to – I don't see him looking to uh, cut that much weight again. Oh, yeah. No, no shot. No shot. He's like a he's different body type since then. Unless, no. unless, unless something happens to Bulk B or Holiday or, some, Holiday or something, and, and he has a clear path at a guaranteed title shot, I don't think he, I don't think he bothers going down there. Not to go off on a tangent, but man, how good of a striker is Volkanovski, do we think, to go through all those rounds with, with Holloway? To win, what, seven of ten rounds with Max Holloway? Good point, but after, let's not get down that tangent. Well, after watching him, after watching this last Holloway fight, it is crazy. But yeah, it irrelevant. But what is relevant with the name Holloway in it was our little spat about the better boxer. And I agree. Leg kicks aren't in boxing. I know you told you texted me that when I was chirping your ass and that's a fair point, but Poirier beat Holloway. Poirier beat McGregor. McGregor Holloway, arguably. Yeah, I mean, but, but if we're going to talk about MMA math, McGregor has beaten both. True. So, I mean, and, and even when McGregor got scored, different two, both, but, I mean, Max Holloway's like in front of me. I don't know if that's in front of me, but he did a little dosey do with that head movement before he got absolutely clipped. I mean, it ended poorly, but he looked phenomenal for a little bit with dodging those Poirier haymakers, even when he couldn't move on his bum leg. His foot was a balloon. But with with all that being said, I think as unanimous pod, we do really hope McGregor comes back. I think we, I, 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 for one, don't want to speak for everyone on this one, but I really hope Poirier gets that clear title shot. No more interim bullshit. No more uncrowned world champ. Yeah, it, it's a hypothetical world champ is what he's calling himself now. No, I want him to get a true shot. I don't care who it's against. I think Ferguson's overdue for one, even though he's on a two fight skit. It's tough to give him one, but that'll he got, dude. He's gotten. I've never seen a man go on an eleven fight win streak or whatever the hell it was and get and get tossed from so many title pictures. But I agree. I think it'll be Chandler. And, he doesn't, okay, For the same reason that Danny laid out, the fact that he is Oliveira? 34. I got Oliveira there. Let's say Oliveira. It doesn't matter who. It, what matters is the fact that I hope Poirier gets that title shot. I hope McGregor comes back strong and gets another title in his cap as well. Um, is there any other things you guys want to mention? I think all. I don't want to let Parker great. off the hook. I want to hear what he's got for McGregor, his boy. Um, I think that the UFC struggles and McGregor doesn't do well. Um, the fact, like, I mean, this fucking casual just watched 
uh, early prelim fights on a card that I would never watch. Um, but as far as what I think is happening for McGregor, um, I mean, my, my response doesn't mean anything, but I think that he will take some time off. I think only fight twice, two more times this year, but I think it's so going to twice, be, not including this most recent I'm fight. On that one. I think he's not going to fight for a while. I mean, his, I just feel like his name is not in any conversation anymore and he's not going to want to fight unless his name is in a, in a conversation. Like now Dana's had this comment a lot to him, Parker. And, and that's that people go, well, without Connor, the UFC has no superstar, but everyone always fills that void. Now there's never been one like Connor. I will admit there's always, but like, You've seen Ronda Rousey fill those shoes. Um, you've seen Izzy Adesanya fill those shoes a little bit. Connor left and Izzy kind of became that like face where people are like, okay, this guy's- you seen Jorge Masvidal take the Jorge Masvidal for a while. So there's enough personality in these guys and there's enough money where they're willing to put on this, this not even put on this persona. I mean, Colby Covington's the persona. I think, I think uh, people like Adesanya is really that swaggy. I really do. I don't but, think I get behind any. I think the UFC loses fan. I mean, personally speaking, like it would lose one fan if Connor doesn't fight anymore. It's like same for me in tennis. If Federer stopped playing tennis, like fuck anyone else in the. You're telling me that McGregor's done. He retires and he's like, I'm actually done. Never coming back. You're just like, all right, bye, bye UFC. I'm done. No more. I, I, I wouldn't care as much. It's like one of yours. Like I mean, he's not my my childhood star, but like you're just a guy. Danny touched on that. That it got a lot of people into the sport. I, I can't speak on that, but I did see a wave of people come into the sport after college. Like I would still, I'd probably pay pay-per-views, but like, I'm not watching any of the prelims. I'd really just turn on that fight because I wouldn't care. Yeah. But no, I'm not getting behind them. Like I wouldn't be as giddy about like what happens. I wouldn't really care. Unless, it's I'm like, glad this is all, I'm glad this is all recorded because five years from now when he's way behind the next guy, we're going to play this right, right in your face. You're, you're so wrong. Cause one, I'm the most stubborn fucking person there is. So I'm just going to purposely not be against somebody. <laughs> I also just wouldn't be on somebody. When sugar Sean O'Malley's on an eight fight KO streak. <laughs> sugar Sean O'Malley fucking lost. And I wanted him to lose that fight. So. No, ask him. He's never lost. Go ask him. That's how you straight your face. He didn't lose. Um, defeated. Like I, 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 I think all said and done, I think that, the UFC will be just fine without Connor, but we all hope he stays for a very long time. Definitely. Any other notes to add, boys? All I have is the schedule coming up. We're going to post this one hopefully tomorrow, which will be Thursday. Recording Ooh, the schedule coming up. Um, Saturday. Awesome. Schedule or coming up. Or Sunday, we got uh, the pick, set the spread with Danny, Kobe, and myself. And then we're back on the normal grind, it sounds like. I know we have no card this Saturday. So everyone just relax and anchor down. But we got after that, we got a long stretch, right? I mean, we've got we've got eleven championships or eleven champions in the UFC, and seven of them are fighting in the next sixty days. Five of them against a number one or two contender, and two of them against each other. That's a dream. That's unbelievable. It's a dream. You couldn't ask for anything else. So I think we're gonna have a lot of content pumping out for you guys to stay up to date. As always, go follow. Ankle Pick Pod on Twitter. Danny, you can plug your stuff. I know your third party tracks. I just always botch your Twitter name. At MMA Capper underscore DK. And that's it everywhere. You can find that guy anywhere with that. Um, hey, before we go, I got a yeah. surprise set the spread for y'all. Just one of them. We don't need to make this into a whole thing. No, I agree. Let's do it. What just got booked, not a UFC fight, but Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. Oh, Lord. Give me a number. 
Jake I think Paul, you guys are going to be shocked. That's why I'm bringing it up. No, I'm not. I'm not. Jake Paul is going to be minus. It's the same thing as why McGregor was minus 310. People are going to bet Jake Paul. I'm going to say it's Jake Paul minus 150. I'm taking the over. I've got Jake Paul minus 170. Yeah. Jake Paul minus 245. Jesus. Dude, if Askren gets slumped there, he can never show his face again. I said that after Masvidal, but if he takes on this this wannabe fighter and gets slumped, oh my god! I, I don't think he will. I mean, obviously the highlights aside, and how many times I've seen that knee, it did take a full force flying knee to put him out. The dude has a chin, yeah. and it's always had a chin. But, but he also is notoriously a wrestler. I mean, bro, I'm not saying that his striking is like gonna beat jake paul or what i don't even oh i'm not I, even saying that the line's wrong i just I think that not believe not it's out like nate robinson well don't worry we can all sit back and and parker i know you're gonna you would rather die than bet money on jake paul so lucky for you you can actually sit back because i imagine this line gets even higher people are going to want to be on jake paul and people are going to watch that fight and you're going to get uh the curly-headed fuck ben Askren at a pretty decent line the good news is I don't think any one of us is going to be watching that fight over Whitaker Costa that's booked on the same fucking night. Oh, oh yeah. Man. See ya. No. Yeah. We'll see you then. We'll be talk- we won't even cover it that week, I bet. Sure, so, you won't cover it at all. We won't cover it at all. I'm, ashamed- I'm sorry we did it tonight. So, anyways, we're closing off. We'll continue to get on these tangents. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Follow us everywhere, all over Twitter. Give us feedback. Shoot the shit. Chirp Parker. Whatever you want to do. It's always a pleasure, and we'll tune you back in on Sunday. We'll set this Friday. Get the music. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.